0: Well, hello, welcome to Abundant Life Church, wherever you are joining us from today. We are so uh, honored and thrilled that you are with us today. Welcome. Uh, We know most of you are probably watching uh, at home uh, during this season, but maybe it's on a Sunday morning, or maybe you've picked up this message uh, later on, regardless of uh, when you're watching or how you're watching. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Prohl. I'm one of the pastors here at Abundant Life, and uh, it's an honor to be able to share on a a message like this. This and uh, I'm going to introduce to you a very special guest in just a moment. We are continuing a series uh, that's been called Healing Well. Uh, Last week we looked uh, at the topic of grief and loss, and today we're going to talk about forgiveness. and With me, I said, a very special guest, Connie Baker. Welcome, Connie. We're glad you're with us.
1: We're thrilled to be here, Dave.
0: So fun. Now, Connie and I uh, have known each other for quite a while. She's a licensed professional counselor, uh, has a practice here in the Happy uh, Happy Valley area, has written a book, and I I'm going to read the title so I uh, don't get it wrong. Traumatized by Religious Abuse, Courage, Hope, and Healing for Survivors. a great book. It's on Amazon if people want to check it out. I went and looked at some of the reviews and the blurbs today. Wonderful book um, uh, to uh, to read and be a part. But you've also been a part of the Abundant Life uh, family in the past. Um, Connie and I worked together with some musical productions of Kids Ministries. Yes, we did. It was super fun. Oh, my gosh. We super had some incredibly violent. fun times. We did a music called Angel Alert, some Christmas things and pyrotechnics and things oh. like that. So (laughs) we have a a lot of fun together. Uh, So it is great to have you back in the building uh, and so good to see you again Um, But uh, this is a big topic. We're gonna talk about forgiveness and there have been entire books and musicals and movies and Sermons and things written about this and so we're gonna probably just scratch the surface today But I'm excited that we're gonna give people some really practical thoughts on forgiveness because we're in this series, as we call it, called Healing Well. Now, I'm kind of, a, I'm always a tackle things a little bit differently. We could say, Connie, what's forgiveness? But I'm going to start with saying, what is forgiveness not? What, mm. what is, you know, let's look at from the backside first and then we'll move forward.
1: Yes, I, I love starting there because of all the misconceptions out there, especially in churches, about what forgiveness is. And so to start with what it's not, I want to tell a story. Okay. Um, I want to tell the story of Joseph. Joseph, um, it's 10 chapters I'm going to cover, and I condense this thing into 17 bullet points. <laughs> so we're going to fly through this story, um, and some of you may already know the story, but this is a... A long and involved and actually very entertaining story to read in Genesis. It's uh, Genesis 37 to 47. So if you have a minute afterwards, read that through. Or (laughs) watch the musical, Donny Osmond. Or watch 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 the musical, (laughs) exactly. Oh, I love it. So Joseph, here's the cliff notes. Um, Joseph is the son Oh, of... Oh, it's good. Okay. Joseph is the son of Jacob and Jacob has 12 sons. Um, and two are from one wife and 12 from another. And Joseph and Benjamin are Jacob's sons. Get my names right here. Uh, (laughs) Jacob's sons. He, Joseph is the favored son. And The other brothers do not like it, and they throw Jacob in a pit and then sell him into slavery in Egypt. Talk about sibling rivalry.
0: Absolutely. As the baby of the family, I totally get this. Yes, yes. (laughs) I was not thrown into a pit, but my brothers really didn't like it. I'm
1: not going to admit that I'm the (laughs) firstborn. Okay. Okay. Um, They go back, after they sell him into slavery, they go back and tell dad, Joseph's dead. Of course, Jacob mourns that and then Joseph goes to Egypt uh, and gets thrown in prison unjustly and stays there for quite a while. Through a series of events, long and involved, he ends up getting released from prison and becomes the right hand to the Pharaoh. At that point, a famine hits Egypt and all the surrounding areas, including Canaan, where Jacob and all the brothers live. Jacob sends his sons to Egypt to get grain to stave off the starvation for the whole family. The brothers arrive ask for grain from the governor who is Joseph, but they don't recognize him after all those years. It's quite the plot. Um, um, Joseph does recognize his brothers and he decides to uh, find out about them in a way that kind of messes with them. Go read the story. (laughs) Um, Joseph tells them he's holding one of the brothers in Egypt until they bring the other brother, Benjamin, with them. Benjamin didn't come. The brothers pass panic. They feel guilty. They, they, they just panic. They finally go home, bring back Benjamin to Egypt and they all leave Egypt with the food needed. But Joseph messes with them again and frames them by putting a silver goblet in Benjamin's sack. Joseph's kind of testing them out here. They are all hauled back to Egypt by the guards. And Joseph said that Benjamin's guilty and he'll stay on as a slave. And Judah, one of the brothers, pleads with Joseph and says he will stay as a slave instead of Benjamin. So Joseph's, Joseph's getting a feel for their hearts now. And in tears, Joseph finally tells them who he really is, and Joseph forgives them. That's huge. I mean, this is we don't know for sure, but years, if not a couple decades, of his life. Oh, yeah. has been taken in Egypt because he was sold. So he forgives them. He sends them back to Jacob, their father, and there's a happy family reunion in that story. Again, Genesis 37 to 47, go read it. It's yeah. a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Well, why do I tell this story? It describes a lot of what forgiveness is not. Oh, very good, yeah. Um, forgiveness, start, to start out, is something is not something that the offender in this case, the brothers, can require or demand. Yeah. Um, the brothers did not tell Joseph, you need to forgive us. Right. No. Uh, in fact, they were terrified. They knew they'd done wrong. Yeah. Nowhere in the Bible that I know of does, does a person ever demand forgiveness of another person. It's an interesting thing. So we're
0: saying that forgiveness is what it's not, then it's not something that I can demand of someone. So Correct. Correct. You need to forgive me.
1: Right. Okay. Exactly. So, and, and that can be um, an implicit demand by scripture of saying, hey, the Bible says you need to forgive me. Um, that sometimes is leveraged very manipulatively. It's not something that can be demanded. Got it. Right. So.
0: Yeah, because that's what you'd say. Well, if you read the New Testament, it says, you know, we're told by Jesus, by Paul, we, we need to forgive you. Abs- so I can pull that out and says, well, it says right here, you need to forgive me.
1: Exactly. Right. But that's not, that's not illustrated anywhere of it being leveraged like leveraged. that.
0: Good, good, good. Yeah. Okay, thank you.
1: So forgiveness is also not a cure-all for damage that is inflicted. Okay. This is a big one. In the church, a lot of times we have conversations that go something like this. The person says, oh, I'm still really hurting from this thing this person did to me. And the immediate question is, well, have you forgiven him? Yeah. And that's not a bad or wrong question, but sometimes it's very premature and sometimes it is the wrong question for that situation. Um, For instance, Joseph still had to endure the trauma that he went through, being sold into slavery, falsely accused, thrown into prison. Him forgiving his brothers didn't erase that trauma that he had, his brain still... Uh, I, I look at these stories through neuroscience a lot of times and in the Bible, and it, it didn't erase his trauma. Yeah. So uh, here's an illustration. Let's say I get in a car accident, get hit by a drunk driver. This whole side uh, it gets broken and shattered, and I'm in the hospital doing surgeries, and, um, and I'm, I'm healing, but it's slow. I'm still hurting, and, and several weeks in, somebody comes to me and says, uh, how you doing? I say, oh, I'm getting better, but boy, is it slow. I am still in so much pain through my shoulder and ribs. They don't say to me, well, have you forgiven the drunk driver?
0: Yeah, right.
1: Okay. <laughs> I mean, that sounds kind of funny. You'll
0: feel better if you just forgive if, him. Your exactly, arm will feel better. Your
1: arm will feel great if you just forgive. <laughs> we don't say that because it's very clear. Well, the same thing, um, abuse and trauma damage our brain. And so just to say, well, forgive him. Be done mm-hmm. does, is not a cure all. Yeah. And so I think that's really important to realize that when somebody really hurts another human, yeah. forgiveness does not just automatically go, oh, I feel so much better now.
0: So there's a couple words we're using there that I think are interesting. One is the word hurt, mm-hmm. and the other one is trauma. Yes. Right? So can we just talk about what's the difference between hurt and trauma?
1: Great question. Yes, and, and an important one. Um, I would define the distinction as this hurt uh, is when I, I stub my toe yeah. and so of course I would never swear, <laughs> but, <coughs> but if, I might scream a little bit. Okay. No, yeah, maybe both. <laughs> so I stub my toe. It hurts so bad. And I stub it on the chair. You know, let's say, you know, uh, uh, uh leg of a chair. When I see the leg of a chair, I don't start shaking afterwards. Okay? I totally
0: get it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right.
1: Um so so yes it hurt it hurt really bad. So when somebody hurts me, it may hurt really bad, but it may not hit trauma, hit the the tra- a traumatized part of my brain. Um, If it is trauma, I'm going to have some delayed reactions. I'm going to be exposed to something that reminds me of the trauma and have what we call a physiological response. Shaking, heart rate increase, sweating... Sure. shallow breathing. So that is trauma. It, when you have a delayed reaction after the fact of something that reminds you of that, that's so, trauma.
0: Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that I think about with this is I, unfortunately, learning to drive, I rear-ended a couple of different people, right? Horrible, just bad things. But now, and especially teaching my kids to drive, I intentionally don't follow very close yes but when I'm riding with my kids uh and all of a sudden that distance is a little less than that I feel it It's yes. like whoa we're getting way your too
1: close. body right. reacts because it's not of just that missile. experience
0: because I've had yes. that and then it resulted in this so I can when I'm in control I can back it way off
1: totally. when someone
0: else is so that's that so the difference between hurt and trauma is those reactions of yes. feeling because okay that's exactly super yeah.
1: and rear-ending someone for some person might not be traumatic, but for another person it is. And so that depends on how our brains, you know, so only the person who is hurt gets to decide whether it's trauma or hurt. Both of them are legit. I don't like stubbing my toe. (laughs) I mean, that hurts, but both of them are legitimate, but um, there are distinctions. It's a great question. Yeah. So the third thing forgiveness is not, is it's not the same. Oh, I wish I had a podium and a pulpit right here. (laughs) I would preach. It is not the same as trust, reconciliation, or being in relationship with them.
0: Wait, say that again. So forgiveness is what?
1: Not the same as trust, trusting that person, reconciling with that person, or being in a relationship with that person. This is where I think the church has historically gotten into a lot of trouble. They have forced the issue of forgiveness and reconciliation as though they are one. And in ideal situations, they can be. And it's beautiful. But in a lot of situations, it is not appropriate. It is not. It is actually harmful to the person who was injured.
0: So let's take a little cul-de-sac then. So then what's the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Okay,
1: Reconciliation. And I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking of Joseph again. Okay. He did not see his brothers and go, oh, I forgive you. I trust you. Please be my brothers. <laughs> he, he didn't go to them immediately. He was like, what's happening here? Yeah. He's evaluating where are the hearts? Where's the heart of my brothers? Have they changed? Um, Uh, have they earned my trust trust is always earned in healthy people it is not just here I trust everyone no trust is always earned so those things the difference is I can forgive and we'll talk about what it is in a minute I can forgive and release that offense but not trust the person not reconcile with them and not be in some degree of relationship with them. Yeah, but wouldn't
0: you say that, I, I guess I would say then, If you can't have reconciliation, then did you actually forgive them, right? Is that, that's what I was like, so maybe you didn't forgive them.
1: That's a great question. And this is where I think the church has historically stumbled at points. And yes, you absolutely can forgive without reconciliation and without trust. I use an extreme example of this sometimes. Let's say someone, um, let's say someone babysits my child and they sexually abuse my child. They go to prison for it. They pay their dues. They come back out of prison, and I could have worked through that process of saying, I will forgive. I will release that debt. But I am not going to have that person babysit my child again. Right. That trust is... And, and, and I may choose, that damage has been so severe that I'm not going to be in relationship with that person. Most people would understand that. Got it. Um, but sometimes when it's more subtle, we push, each, we push people to say, oh, well, well, have you, what, you don't talk to them anymore at all? Well, have you really forgiven them? Those are distinct.
0: Perfect. All right. Okay. So we've talked now a little bit through Joseph and what it's not. So let's go ahead and uh, march forward into what is forgiveness.
1: Absolutely. All right. There's a few words. I deal with people who've gone through religious abuse a lot. Yeah. And this word, I actually have a, have a chapter in my book called the F word. Because I call it <laughs> this because it often has been horribly leveraged against people in, in high control religious environments. Where they've, de- forgiveness has been demanded. It's been, they've been manipulated by it. So I use other words sometimes. Letting go. Canceling a debt. Uh, not arguing with the past or wishing for a different past. So there's some other language we can use. And canceling a debt is used in Matthew 6 in the Lord's Prayer. And forgive us our debts as we forg- have also forgiven our debtors. Yeah. And so there's that forgiveness element there that, um, that you can use different language for it.
0: That's really cool. So yeah. um, that is interesting because I think if I read that chapter about debt. Debt and debtors, and we kind of automatically go to this financial thing, yeah. right? About right. realness. I love using that. If I was just hearing you right, that to replace the word forgiveness sometimes with some of these other words like canceling a debt, which
1: canceling makes, a debt
0: really cool and ties right into that piece of scripture.
1: Yes, because a debt can be a lot of different things besides financial. A lot of things can be taken from us besides money. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, so what about the possibility um, out there that we might need forgiveness? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, which
1: Possibility.
0: Probably not me, but... Might. <laughs> yes. We'll do denial next week. That's
1: <laughs> right. That's right. Next week, denial.
0: <laughs> Dave is not <laughs> preaching.
1: Um, yes. Um, of course. And I think it's much easier in this situation. And here's where, you know, I'm going to start getting personal um, with this because it's easier for, to think through as I'm talking. Oh, I can, this person, bam, you know, uh, they, they owe me a debt, bam. And we can go through those people who have hurt us, traumatized us. Um, and that's very legitimate. Right. We also hurt and even traumatize other people without knowing we do, we're doing it. And sometimes if we're in a bad place, we may know we're doing it. But I think most of the time people aren't really, it, I think for most people, the intent is not to injure, right. um, but it happens. Yeah. And so I think that's a, a very realistic, I think realism and humility live side by side. They're, they're, their bedfellows so to speak realistically I'm going to hurt someone yeah. realistically I'm going to do damage to another person yeah. Without wanting
0: to. Without Why well, coming back even to my own example of rear ending people, and yes. I sort of turned that about the trauma that I experienced from it, but yes. to stop and realize I hit some people with right. my car, right? Right. So uh, there may be people out there because of that that are experiencing that because
1: yes. of something that I did. And, and you didn't you know. slam into them on accident, yeah. I mean, on purpose, yeah. Yeah. but it still did damage. Yeah. So, yeah, some other dictionary definitions of this I think are important. To cease to feel resentment against an offender, to give up resentment or a claim to retaliation, another great definition, to grant relief from a payment or forgive a debt. And there again can be broader than financial. So forgiveness... Um, these definitions all fit some really classic, beautiful passages in the New Testament. So I'm just going to read these through. Yeah. Um, in Matthew 18, 21, uh, it says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? You can just see Peter. <laughs> Seven. oh man I'm being generous okay time to deflate here Jesus answered I tell you not seven times but 77 times or some translation 70 times seven in other words you just it, it's good for... what we know about neuroscience and the, the good solid theology of the word of God is that forgiveness is good for our souls when we grant it it is good for us us can it be good if the other person is asking for forgiveness? Absolutely, but I think it's mostly in the heart of the forgiver that it does the work. So yes, seventy seven times or how seventy times seven. Ephesians 4:32 be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ in Christ, God forgave you. Colossians, Paul says again, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive. As the Lord forgave you. Yeah. So really explicit. Those are commands. Yeah. Those are. But that's not Paul coming back to somebody he hurt saying, you've got to forgive me. Yeah. So there's a, there's a principle. Well,
0: and I think as you look at the Matthew uh, passage as well, too, then I guess you could, you know, it's not just a one-time yeah. event, right? And mm. that's what sometimes I think people have said, I have forgiven them. And then something else comes to mind yes. or something goes through and you find yourself back into there. And so... Um, it really isn't a one-time event. Oh, it, it,
1: it it can be if it's a simple offense, but boy, for the most of the things that we work through to really, really attempt to forgive, they're usually deep and complicated and multi-layered. And so, you know, people come to me in my office and say, I, you know, I dealt with this four years ago. I thought I forgave my dad and now it's back up. I feel such anger and resentments. And I say, whoa, stop. You did. You did forgive your dad. We're getting to another layer. So don't be discouraged. And there's layers of that.
0: Yeah. So why, I guess it's a simple question, but why is it so hard? Mm. Why is forgiving people so difficult? And what are those things that keep us from doing it? What are those barriers?
1: Well, even as we're talking, I can feel the, ah, feel of people listening. Because if we've been struggling with this, it's real. It's real. So why do we struggle with this? I think I'm going to go back to our point one that says what we combine. Often when we say, we we in our head without realizing it, we tell ourselves if I forgive that person, then I have to drop all protection and all defense and they are going to slam in and damage me and do destructive things once again. And so there's this fear of vulnerability and danger. So if I forgive, I will be left vulnerable and in danger of being rewounded and a fear. And then also a fear of an implicit, implicit assumption that says, if I forgive, I have to reunite. I have to reconcile. And I want to say, no, you don't. You can keep good boundaries. You can keep good self-protective measures in place. And release that debt yeah. and let go of that offense. You can do, and that's a little bit harder for our minds. Yeah. To and
0: like tw- I said, I bet there's folks right now listening to this that even the sense of that, of knowing they need to forgive, but that fear of what that, they think that oh. might mean needs to happen is what 's keeping them from doing what they need to do.
1: honestly, I often refer to uh, uh, holding on to an offense as holding a, an, a spiked ball with needles and you 're bleeding yeah. and you 're just holding on to it it 's hurting you the blood 's dripping down yeah. you know so to speak, but you don 't want to let go because something is more scary than letting go of that, and to be able to say, I can still keep myself safe, I can still put up protective measures. And release that and let go of that ball that's hurting me and and doing the poison dripping into my system resentment and bitterness hurt us over the long haul so so I just want to give permission to say if you even and I want to also want to put reconciliation on a continuum Mm. you can here's no reconciliation that I will never have contact with that person again as long as it's within my power okay that's that's one option clear to they are going to become my best friend forever and there's a lot in between there where you can say I can go this far this far or I can go this far with that person they used to be here I think I can do this Mm-hmm. because of what happened but i'm not going to go back to here you get to choose you get to choose that level of reconciliation yeah.
0: but typically that becomes possible then though post forgiveness
1: yes right exactly because
0: that if you don't have that forgiveness step then you see them and all the triggers come and all everything all the
1: happens and the so. triggers might come even anyway yeah. but i think making those distinctions between i'm not holding i'm not i'm not holding them responsible anymore i'm not that's probably not good wording i am not Holding them uh, to—I'm releasing their debt. I'm not holding yeah. them to their debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm releasing that, but I still have to acknowledge that sometimes when I see them, my system gets jolted, sure. and those can be separate things. Yeah. And if your system gets jolted too much, that means let's bring it back down yeah. on the rec- on the reconciliation scale till your own neurological system heals. Oh, that
0: makes good so. sense. Good.
1: All right, good. So the other thing, there's there's um, three things why we struggle. One of them is that fear of whoa, I'm going to be in danger right. if I forgive. Two is I think this is unique to churches a lot of times. Again, um, we often want to forgive way too early in the process. Again, it's that it's that misunderstanding of forgiveness that if you just forgive that person, you're going to feel great, and so people push for it. And if we say, I am still so hurt and so angry, people will have you forgiven. Well, you can be hurt and angry and it may be way early in the process. And we'll talk about uh, how to here at the next, uh, in our next part of this, but, but we have to define what those offenses are. We have to, a lot of people, I've seen this uh, with men who have uh, been unfaithful and the wife within hours or days says, I forgive. We're fine. We're fine. I forgive. It's all good. And I look at that and I go, give that a few months, weeks, (laughs) years, because forgiveness can, on a a massive betrayal at that level, that cannot happen overnight. And, and, It it is a process. They haven't even absorbed what this betrayal means to them. So this is all part of asking for it too early in the process, Mm -hmm. Um, the sense of obligation, or sometimes even, I think, The need for a quick fix. If I just say, I forgive, I forgive, it's all good, sweep it under the carpet, and then I don't have to deal with how bad it really hurt me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So another barrier is the assumption that it takes two people.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that.
1: Yes. So a lot of times people will say, I'll forgive if they ask forgiveness. And I go... Good luck with that <laughs> because the people who have hurt me the deepest in my in my lifetime and, and some of my stories have not, and I don't anticipate ever would come to me yeah. to ask forgiveness. They say, uh-uh, we didn't hurt you. Wow. So they get, they get to say, oh, no, we didn't do that. You did that. Yeah. So a lot of times, you're not going to get someone asking for your forgiveness. I think in most... My experience watching clients, friends, and me, a majority of the time, we don't get to have somebody say, please forgive me. Yeah. Sometimes it's beautiful when that happens, but we get to be free. Yeah.
0: Even well, and oftentimes people, if, if they realize some of the trauma that they have was from a parent that is no longer living or something that happened that, you know, the drunk driver that messed up your arm died in the accident. So you don't have a, two people in this process, right? Exactly. So, so you're p- saying that, that that's not, we think it's a barrier, but it really right. doesn't have to be. The No, it it's
1: actually helps. That. It can help facilitate it and make it easier to say, oh, I sense your heart. I'm forgiving that debt. Yeah. But a lot of times we're not going to get that. Yeah. So, we still get to receive the beautiful benefits of forgiveness, even if that person is denying they ever did it, yeah. or denying that it hurt me, or anything else. So That's cool.
0: Well, I know we have some really practical things. Yes, we and do. And I'm excited that folks can hear some of these things that really will help in that process. So, just let's jump yes. into this notion of what is the process
1: of Yes. Forgiveness. And I actually... I, I tend to be a little opposed to step one, step two, step yeah. three, but this one actually I think can have some steps. That said, nope. um, this is not one size fits all. Okay. Um, this is take these, this is a buffet. <laughs> take, <laughs> I love buffets. <laughs> yes. I'm
0: very excited about that.
1: Love buffets. <laughs> um, this is what would work for you? What when when you hear this list, what resonates where do you go, oh, even it might be difficult. Oh, man, I think that could be helpful. So that's what we're listening for. here. Some people may go, ah, we got five, five steps here. Every single one may be like, yes. Somebody else may listen and go, man, I think just step three is probably good for me. And so take that as, we're just going to talk about it. I do think number one is important. Number one is define the specific concrete offense or losses. Wow. So my clients will come to me and say, okay, how do I forgive this person? And I'll say, oh, you want to forgive? Well, do, do you have, we, we talk about the ambivalence around forgiveness because sometimes it's like, I want to, and I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they finally go, I really do. I say, great. Let's do this first step. I want you to go home and I want you to write down on a piece of paper. I want you to list every single offense or loss that's happened due to that person. And most of the time they go, no, (laughs) no. And I'm like, what's happening? Well, there again, that's our tendency to want to just say, sweep it under the rug. I forgive that person. We're fine. Everything's fine. Um, But to really do forgiveness, if you're forgiving, if a bank forgives a loan debt, they do it to the penny.
0: Oh, that's interesting. To think they about know that.
1: exactly yeah. how much that person owes them. Yeah. And so if you forgive a debt, you know the exact amount you're forgiving. And I think that's really important because for one thing, a lot of times it helps us process the trauma involved yeah. with what happened. So one is define it and write, and number two is write those things down. So deal. what
0: would that look, would, so if I started doing that with that, just give me a couple examples what that I've, I've. Not shied away from that, but did a pretty good job of- sure
1: um, well i 'll use my story as an example uh, part of my story and maybe I could have said this earlier on part of my story about um, uh, that I wrote reason I wrote my book on religious abuse and deal in that area of specialty is because I have a history at twenty five years old, I was sexually assaulted by a pastor and uh, then blamed by the church leadership and made to give public confession and then asked to leave the church. And it was beyond devastating. Beyond, I mean, I, words do not. It, it destroyed my identity, my reputation. It shattered me to the core. And so, and I had no resources. That was back giveaway 30 years ago. (laughs) And uh, uh, back 30 years ago when no one was talking about this. And I didn't know what I'd gone through in that. And I just, I I was so deeply confused. So in my story, what would go on my list and what has gone on my list when I've had to do this a few times, Mm -hmm. layers come, come through the years, I'll be like, oh my goodness, I'm still holding on to that. And wow. it's like, okay, yep. let it go. So on my list at the beginning especially would be, what are my losses? I lost almost all of my best friends. So I'd write down each of those best friends' names. Wow. I'd write down, I lost my social circle. I lost my identity. Ooh, what parts of my identity? Oh, my identity as a good girl. I mean, I got blamed. I, I had the scarlet letter put on me basically. You know. So I lost my identity as a good girl. I lost my identity... Uh, yeah, as a nice Christian, I lost my identity as a good leader. I was quite a leader at 25. And so in high profile in that church. So I lost all, and the list goes on and on and on. And so to to list out concretely what did i lose or what were the exact defenses
0: perfect thank so. you that's and i love the analogy back to the bank like I said if a bank releases a debt yeah. they know exactly what that debt was and so i think yes. so taking the time to be specific all right
1: yeah no i think it's important it's important to look at that and go yeah. So so the next step could be helpful even in definition of what the offenses are. And that is bring someone safe into the process if it feels right. Yeah. Bring someone safe into the process. Now, this is not a demand. Uh, you can do it by yourself. Uh, and it's very... Uh, it, it's applicable. It, it's it's functioning well at that level. But I think there's something very beautiful about having some, another human that you really trust go with you to that level and, and think through. And they can even help go, well, didn't you lose this? Didn't you lose that? Or didn't, didn't what about that offense? Or, you know, and, and help you, oh yeah, that's another thing. So yeah. to write down.
0: Very good. Love so, that. It's almost like kind of back. I go to the bank analogy, but kind of like an auditor, right? Someone to help you sort of sort through this, right? That you might need to bring in. And I'm going to
1: use that. I love (laughs) great that's a great great. yeah that's a great parallel exactly just to help help you sort service. that out. And
0: that's kind of what counseling, you go to counseling. You I help part people of that. that. You have somebody from the outside that's going to look at that. <sighs> totally. Maybe some somebody, somebody close to you wouldn't dare uh, point some things out, but maybe somebody you don't know quite so well can step in that and help be... you un- unpack some of that.
1: Absolutely. It depends on your sense of safety with yeah. that person. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you do with this, you know, this piece yeah. of paper? Right. Well, uh, yeah. um, once you have it all written down, or these pieces of paper, <laughs> many yeah. lists, um, I think it's beautiful to symbolically destroy the list. So to symbolically or ceremonially ceremonially cancel that debt. So that can be, I've had people burn it, throw it in the fireplace, and it's now ash, never to be returned. I've had people in my office use my shredder Wow. And shred that, those pieces of paper. Um, uh, I've had people tell me that they went out to a river and they made a little boat out of it and set it off down the river, never to be seen again. You know. So um, those are all. You can be creative. How do you? But I think there's making it so tangible is really helpful. Um, so there's that. Number uh, four. Number five. This is this is interesting. But I see this, I saw this some in my own life and I see it in others. Sometimes this happens on its own. We don't have to go through a formal process to have truly forgiven. First of all, life is gonna bring up stuff. If you haven't forgiven somebody, you're gonna end up going, oh, I'm still really bitter about that. I didn't think I was, but I just interacted or I just saw this movie and it brought it all up or I read this book and you know, you're gonna know, you know, give it time. (laughs) So, but sometimes, people really have just released that and almost in an unconscious way of saying, I'm just not going to hold on to it. Um, so, um, so you might not need all this process for a true and genuine forgiveness, but I think it will be brought up. Yeah, that's if, if, if you don't, <laughs> yeah.
0: Love to hear that. That's so good. So I love that this is a physical process that you can do, you can go through, and then to physically do something with that, to ceremonia, you know, ceremonially to do that. And then like I said, it's layered. You might come back later and something else comes back and you go, oh, I might need to jot that down. And Write that list again and put it through, and it through it, the shredder. Yeah, put it through the shredder, that's yep. very, very good. So uh, this is kind of a strange question, but I think it's really practical. Can you forgive somebody and still be mad at them or frustrated <gasps> with them or whatever? I mean. Oh. Oh. So right, it's like, how, is that okay or is that oh. is that normal or? It's
1: a great, great question. Um, again, I'm going to say in evangelical subculture, I think we're really uncomfortable with anger. I think people um, sometimes can be sad and it's okay. Uh, In some subcultures within evangelicalism, you can't be sad or you can't be afraid. You can't be angry. Any any combo of those. But I think sometimes we get very uncomfortable with people's anger. And so if somebody's angry, we automatically say, oh, they haven't forgiven. And I think, I'm going to use my personal experience and what I see. Anger is actually an incredibly important part of healing from trauma and grief. And forgiveness and to go through that anger, I'm going to make a distinction between bitterness and resentment. Both of those have the flavor of hanging on, a flavor of infecting our system, so to speak. Anger, there are times when I tell, tell my story and people are asking about my story 30 years ago and I will watch their reaction and they're just like, are you kidding? And I can feel a flare of anger. I'm like, yep, that was wrong. That should have never been done to that 25-year-old girl, yeah. and I've forgiven him. I, that's not that's not a thing. But that that touch of anger, I'm like, yeah. I'm angry just like sometimes I look back and I feel sad that that happened. Yeah. So I think that that's an emotion that comes and goes. But I think if you get stuck in resentment or bitterness, that's a different...
0: And back to that, I loved your analogy of holding on to that thing so tight that it's poisoning your system and hurting your hand and you yeah. haven't let it go. So totally. that would be the sign of the anger a little different than I'm holding on to this bitterness and this rage or whatever. Right,
1: that's exactly.
0: Cool. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> we moved through it very quickly. We, that was very uh, dense, but, yes. Uh, uh, I appreciate so much uh, just taking a few minutes to tackle this topic. I think it fits so well into the series that we've been doing on healing well and we're talking about you know what forgiveness and I know in the next couple of weeks we're actually going to uh, jump into reconciliation as yes. well and I think that will help as we move forward.
1: Fantastic.
0: Going through. Um, but as we close things up today I really just wanted to uh, just think of a couple things uh, as a pastor and as we're spending uh, time together as a church family that obviously uh, this notion of a debt that we all owe is part of Uh, what Jesus came and did for us. He paid that debt for us. Um, uh, Our our broken relationship with our Heavenly Father needed reconciliation. It needed uh, forgiveness. And that debt was paid uh, through Jesus. And it's what we talk about a lot as a church and as a church family. And maybe that's a step that you need to take as well uh, here. And and I encourage you, if you've heard some ideas on forgiving one another in these horizontal relationships, uh, we'll pray that you can have the strength and the courage to take a step through with that. And that might mean involving another uh, person in that or it might be just getting out your uh, your pad and pen and, and starting that process to Daniel. And so that's that horizontal relationships. Um, but we're also very uh, concerned about our vertical relationships and that relationships that we have uh, with our Heavenly Father. And I just love uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It says, for it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It's a gift from God, and it's not by works uh, so that no one can boast, and in that gift of, of of salvation through Jesus is a free gift that's offered to us, and you just need to ask for it, and we have people on staff and in the chat or whatever, if that's a journey that you need to take, we would love nothing more uh, than to walk alongside of you and take that uh, journey as well and help you find that true uh, forgiveness of that debt that will uh, make an eternal difference for all of us. Connie, thank you so much. It It was a pleasure to be with you today. I'm going to pray us out today. Uh, God bless you for all you're doing, and we just wish you the very best in your practice and all you're doing. A
1: complete delight to be here, and thank you for having me.
0: Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this chance that we were able to be together and to just spend a few minutes talking about a very big topic, but we're grateful for Connie's heart uh, to help it get it into some kind of bite-sized chunks today as we think through uh, this big topic of forgiveness. Father, I wanna pray right now specifically for those uh, that uh, need to take those steps that were shared today to begin that healing process, to release the bitterness, to release uh, the, 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 the pain, uh, and to begin that process of forgiving. And if that's been a scary thing for them to anticipate doing I pray that today's message will help them begin those steps. And Lord, I pray for each person here today listening that if they haven't um, taken that step of reconciliation with you by accepting Jesus as their Savior, that that might be a step that they would take that would make an eternal difference for them as well. We love you, Jesus. We're so thankful for this opportunity to be together. And we pray in the power of your name.